This week we read about the tragic story of Korach. Korach and his followers accused Moshe of prejudice. They reasoned that they should also be given the opportunity to perform the avoid in the Mishkan. Korach is remembered infamously for all time. Korach's rebellion is one of the great tragedies that Klal Yisrael experienced during their years in the Midbar. The Medrash in Parshas Baloizcha says, At the inauguration of the Mishkan when Aharon Akoyin saw that all the Nesim offered their sacrifices and he wasn't included, Chol He despaired, he was despondent. So HaKadosh Baruch consoled him. And he said, Chayecha, I swear, Shalcha G'doyle Your portion will be greater than theirs. Sha'ata Madlik Because you will arrange and light the candles. The Ramban understands Hashem's promise to Aharon as referring to the Hanukkah menorah that Yidin will light throughout the generations. And that consoled Aharon. If you think about it, Hashem's response is very atypical. Ostensibly, what was Aharon's complaint? It's not fear. Why am I excluded? What's the typical reply? Life is not fear. Where Rebekiva was tortured by the Romans, a seemingly much greater injustice, what did Hashem respond? Shtoik! I have my cheshboinus, and I want to reveal them to you. So why by the inauguration of the Mishkan doesn't Hashem respond to Aharon? I got this. I know what I'm doing. Why was Hashem so kind and generous in his response to Aharon? And the answer is, when it comes to Ruchnias, spiritual aspirations, envy is to be commended. Kinesa from Tarbachachma. Jealousy amongst Tamide Chachamim increases wisdom. The sense of competition, the fight for supremacy is wonderful and healthy. However, when it comes to the material world, people complain, why am I struggling financially, struggling with my health, with my children, with Shadduchim? Hashem says, I have a cheshbon, and you can't figure out my ways. What about Kairach? On the surface, one can surmise that both Aharon and Kairach were acting with altruistic motives. They were both driven by spiritual aspirations. They both wanted to do the avoid in the Mishkan and come closer to Hashem. So why is Aaron's Chalisha Sadas considered virtuous and laudable and Koirach's envy and jealousy considered destructive and toxic? So one saw a powerful idea as to the distinction between the two. Chalisha Sadas is directed inward. Jealousy is directed outward. Chalisha Sadas is felt when one had previously thought that a certain accomplishment was personally unattainable until he sees that someone else was able to master it. At that point he's bothered. Why didn't I also achieve that lofty level? Why can't I be a Rosh Yeshiva? Why don't I get a promotion? What am I doing wrong? The other person's accomplishments demonstrates themselves his own failing. Jealousy, however, is focused on the other person. It bothers the jealous person that someone else has something that he doesn't have. He's not motivated by ambition and growth, but rather by greed and jealousy. So how can we know if the feeling we have is a result of Chalisha Sadas or jealousy? And the answer is, if we are able to be pacified by being told that we will accomplish the same thing at a later time, that is indicative of the fact that it's Chalisha Sadas. If we are sincerely driven by a desire to be great, we will be comforted in knowing that for now we have done all we can, and the positive outcome will occur when the time is right. However, someone who is driven by jealousy won't be satisfied knowing that he has done his best. The fact that someone else is ahead of him or received the position he wanted will continue to eat away at him and will give him no peace. That is the epitome of jealousy. 
when Aharon felt Chalisha's Adas, Hashem told him, Hashem was telling Aharon, you feel badly that you couldn't bring about Koit Shemayim like the other Nesim? Don't worry about it. There will come a time when your descendants will generate even greater Koit Shemayim. When Aharon heard that, he understood that it was not a failing on his part, so he was satisfied. The fact that it wouldn't come for some time, that didn't bother him. For now, he had done all he could. Korach, on the other hand, had a different reaction. Rashi asks, Korach was a smart person. He was very astute. How could he be so irrational? Says Rashi, his vision deceived him. Hashem showed him prophetically a great chain of descendants emerging from him, including the great prophet Shmuel Hanavi. Why did Hashem do that? Because that vision provided the real test whether Kairach's motive was altruistic or plain jealousy. When Kairach recognized that Shmuel would descend from him, that should have pacified him. If his real motive was to bring about Kvot Shemaim, he should have concluded it will come, but not yet. The fact that Kairach drew the opposite conclusion and demanded greater prestige because of his great descendant showed that he wasn't motivated by Kvot Shemaim but rather by selfish desire for power and jealousy. And that's the difference between Aharon and Kairach. There's a story told that when Roshach was a young yeshiva bacher, he lived in tremendous poverty. At one point, he was invited to join the prestigious yeshiva's Chachmel Leblin. It was for the most elite bacherim of the time. It was housed in an upscale building, and the students were treated royally as befitting great Tamida Chachama. As can be imagined, Roshach was very excited by the invitation. However, he first went to consult with the Godladar, Rav Chaim Oizer. And Rav Chaim Oizer told him not to go. Rav Shach tried to explain to him how difficult his situation was and how much better it would be if he joined the yeshiva. Rav Chaim Oizer told him, Lazer, your time will come, but not yet. Ten years later, Rav Shach was speaking to a friend and he recounted the conversation with Rav Chaim Oizer. He said, It's been ten years and I'm still living in terrible poverty. I never know where my next meal will come from. Fast forward 30 years, in the early 80s, the same friend was in Bnei Barak and went to visit Rav Shach. By then, Rav Shach was the renowned Rosh Yeshiva Panovich and was known across the globe as the leader of the Torah world. He entered Rav Shach's home and after they exchanged some pleasantries, he said, I just wanted to remind the Rosh Yeshiva that the great Rav Chaim Oizer's words have been fulfilled. Your time has definitely arrived. If we work for something and we really mean it, L'Shem Shemaim, it might take some time. But Hashem says, Chayecha, I swear it will come to fruition. And now we know. Have a wonderful day.